Hello, I'm Jessie, and you're listening to I Am Thinking About You, the podcast where I talk to my friends. I turned 30 this week, and a few weeks ago, I got the idea to record a special episode around the topic of turning 30. So I asked a few of my friends in different stages of their 30s to talk to me about it. I had planned for it to be one episode, but the conversations were so good that I didn't want to cut it. Also, as I started to work on it, I realized it was going to be much harder to cut it into one episode. So this is easier for me and a few more episodes for you. So my first guest is Milen Petzl-Sorace. He's a musician, composer, songwriter, music teacher, and is all around a music person. He's also someone with a lot of opinions about everything, and he doesn't mind sharing them. I met Milen back in 2017, I want to say, through band friends. And throughout the years, we have had some really great conversations because he is very open and especially isn't shy about bringing up the elephants in the room. So shit could get pretty deep quickly when you start to talk to him. We talked about what it was like turning 30 in a pandemic, how we feel about parenthood, and our relationships with our parents. All right, okay. Hi, Milan. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm good. So this is funny because this is a first, this is an in-person recording, but we're in separate rooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a large enough space that you could be like a neighbor, but um, it it is kind of funny just seeing you in another room that like I could probably look down into from this window. Do you know why you're here? Uh, because I'm 30. And yes, perfect. I thought okay. I thought you were already 31, but I guess we're still a few weeks out. No, no maybe by the time this comes out, I'll be 31. Yes, you will be 31 by the time this comes out. So mm-hmm. happy early birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Weirdly, 31 feels worse than 30. 30, I didn't give a shit about. But now that I'm turning 31, I'm like, oh, yeah, it keeps going. You know? <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah. You know what? It could just be the recovery of like the two years of like, cataclysmic dread that we've constantly had and now that you're coming out of it you're like time does still move forward and you kind of forget that that happens <laughs> yeah yeah okay so i've asked you to be here because i'm doing a 30th special episode yeah. for my 30th birthday which is like end of june right um and and given that i know i have a lot of podcast episodes that i'm sitting on i was like why not add another one that i could do and then give myself an actual deadline and then this will sure. be done relatively quickly um so my my idea was to just ask a few of my friends who are in their 30s or have lived through their 30s about what Mm -hmm. they felt like going through it and i just want to like put you know a few different people together and then just talk to them and see like how it's going how it's going what they expected how they expected to go and um just a chat about being in one's 30s i guess in coming out of of a pandemic or still being in a pandemic (laughs) Yeah, you know what, It's I was thinking about that, and it's interesting because I have received that question a lot of, you know, now that you're 30, like, how how does it feel? And it's hard to make the distinction of what it's like to be in your 30s when, like, with what you think is going to be, like, that next chapter in your life. But then, you know, the situation was so different from the ages of 28 to 30 that, like, it, I'm not sure if mentally it's registered or I'm just... It, like I, I think the distinction between the the two years of like the the pandemic and all the other nonsense that came with it, and then being thirty, I think there's kind of a divide between them. Like it doesn't feel like that is my thirties. It felt like I was twenty eight, and then it stopped, and now I am thirty. But like I don't know if I've really experienced what it's like to be a thirty year old yet, or maybe I'm just overthinking it. That's very possible. But because um, you know, you have like this 
momentum that you're going on in your life or that, that you have going on in your life. And then it kind of just like went static and stopped for a couple of years. And then it's back in your like, okay, it doesn't feel like I am where I was going to be, but it's different. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I would say so far that being 30, if we include the pandemic is not like a, you know, like a stasis in time. I do feel very different, but I don't know if it would be the same if we didn't live through what we did. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like it absolutely did affect it for sure. But yeah, it, it was more just the idea of me not counting that as my 30s is like definitely this weird mental block in my yeah. head where it's just going, you know, that's not it yet, but it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> how old do you feel like you are? Like if someone were to ask you, how old are you? And then you, you don't think about it and you reply, like, what's the number that you would say? I, I would still say 30. I would still okay. say 30 because I kind of prepared myself for 30 for a long time because everyone made such a big deal about it that I called myself 30 when I was like 27 and then it happened and I didn't <laughs> care, but I didn't do the same for 31. And now that that's coming up or will have happened by the time people are listening to this, I'm just going like, right, I didn't prepare myself for this one. I'm, I'm going to have to register for a second. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So you, why did you start saying yourself you're 30 when you're 27? Oh, because everyone just makes such a big fucking deal out of it, honestly. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I just was kind of like, I, I don't fe- think it's going to be that big of a deal. But everyone constantly puts that pressure of just like, oh, 30. It's completely different than you were at 28. But I I think up until uh, about 30, pandemic excluded, so maybe like 28, I didn't really feel any different than I did from like maybe 24, I would say. I don't think that, like, I didn't feel... At least with large movements, I'm sure subtly your your personality does change, and obviously you learn and you grow. But um, yeah, I would say you know about 24 onwards was pretty pretty standard. Um, but now I definitely don't feel like that anymore. <laughs> Absolutely, because if someone like I think I still feel 26 or 28. Yeah, well, you know what? I saw that Donald Glover special where he talked about like people are generally who they are from 25, and then that's. <laughs> who they are and i think that always just kind of stuck with me like maybe try like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you heard it so then you like start to practice it but in retrospect in hindsight absolutely not <laughs> at least in our situation yeah i just feel like i'm 26 or 28 because well a i just well the last two years don't count but also i like even numbers better so mm-hmm. i just in my head i'll just be like oh i'm so, it's, it's not even about like self-reflection and, and looking back it's just i just like even numbers yeah i is like it, even numbers i would not say i'm 29 i would not say i'm 27 uh maybe i just i just always gravitated towards even number like two will be my favorite number and then if like, <laughs> okay. someone asks me like how if someone come up to me and be like how old are we like 26 i don't know in my head i still feel like i'm 26 i think maybe i'm like stuck in that age like i don't think i've changed much since 26 obviously i think outside stuff have changed but now i'm like i think i just think it's like oh 26 is 26 mm. um do you remember what were the things that people always say about turning 30 like do you, do you make a big deal out of it but when you think about it you're like what why? I've heard a lot of people say that like men specifically peak in their 30s and 40s. Like that is the top of their lives. And so far, um, that's bullshit. As far, as far I mean, as you, you are still kind of on the early ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was uh, like kind of subconsciously expecting some big change to happen at 30. But no, it. <laughs> all jokes aside... There is some nice things about it, uh, but they aren't related to being like a peak as a man, because I don't know, I think any expectation of you being at a specific spot in your life by a specific age 
has never really resonated with me as a person. There was never expectation on that for me from my parents, and it never really felt like a pressure. Mm. Um, so, you know, I've had conversations with some friends where they were severely disappointed in their lives because they didn't own a house at the same time their parents did, or they weren't having kids. And I would just go like, in my head, it would just be like, why does that, why does that matter? But it, obviously that that it's not exactly a good practice of empathy because it was like, it's more of a, a I guess, a, a product of ignorance, but it, like, well, not ignorance of just because ignorance kind of sounds it's like, like it's limited purpose. imagination. Yeah. Just limited experience because like, I, I don't know what it's like to have that pressure. So when my right. friend told me that I looked at them just being like, I'm like, why do you, why do you care? Like you're, why would you measure yourself to the standards of a different time with a different economy? And like, a different entire social structure and then weigh yourself against it. Like it just seemed absurd to me. And he understandably got pretty upset by that. Cause I was like, your dreams are stupid, which I obviously did not mean. And, and upon some reflection, I, I was like, that was very poorly worded. But what I should have said was like, I can understand why that would be disappointing, but you don't have to be measured by that, I guess would have been the better thing to say at the time. But um, some alcohol was involved. And as we all know, Communication is always at its best when there's booze in the system. <laughs> yeah, I never had the reason I wanted to do this was I haven't figured out how I feel about turning 30, which kind of is like mm. a big nothing, but I feel like I should feel something about it. But I'm like, not really. So I'm just trying to like process it in a way. Cause like you, I, my parents never gave me any pressure and be like, you need to do this by, by the time you're 30. Like I, I also never yeah. felt the need to um, subscribe to any of the pressure. Like if anything that I've set up, it was just cause like, I had no better way to measure it. And I'll just be like, oh, I will do this before I'm 30. Like, I just got my master's right. degree. That was something I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, maybe I could, I can do it before I'm 30. That's why I was like, oh, I need to graduate this month. Like, I need to take this extra course so I can finish mm -hmm. right before, like, the month I turn 30. But I was like, no one was telling me I had to do it. It was just like, in my head, it just feel like a thing that I could feel like I have, like, checked it off my list. But And, and also, that's the thing that I could actually, like, in the scheme of goals or whatever, that's something I actually have control over versus, like, I want to get married and have a kid and buy a house. Like, that, that, this is a lot of variables that I is not as easily controlled. It's not really, like, up to me, whereas, like, going to school and getting a degree seems, like, very easy to accomplish. And I don't have right. to depend on anyone else to do that really like it's very like right. achievable in that sense so um but yeah, yeah so that's why i was just like going around asking people like do you feel like different day you turn 30 and then like you know, did you have a big party you didn't mm. get a big party no my 30th birthday was pretty it was it was exactly what i would have wanted it to be despite the conditions which was like um I think this was during like the third or fourth quarantine. I don't even remember how many we had. But essentially, I, I just wanted a small group of people that I, you know, very much deeply respected and loved in my life to be around and one to offer them like a brief respite from the situation at hand where we could just go, you know, we, we had a cottage and I spent some time. Uh, it was a gift from my mom, actually, to rent this cottage. And so I spent a week with her up there just to, you know, have some quality time with my mom. And then after that, invited these friends over just to kind of have a moment of respite and just be around people that I respect and admire and love just to kind of appreciate what I have. That was pretty much it. I didn't, I've never been one for throwing like gigantic parties for some milestone. Like I, I, it's more, I, I just, I feel more, um, I guess, uh, 
whole or like full when I'm surrounded by like the people that I really appreciate in a close setting and have the good conversation and like good food and and just better in those sort of intimate settings. Like I can't think of anything worse for me than like going out to a club for my 30th birthday. Like to me, that's an absolute nightmare. You would never catch me. Maybe I'll go through like a midlife crisis and just end up being like, I want to throw the biggest party ever, but I, I highly doubt it. We'll check in with you in 15 years. Yeah, yeah. When this podcast gets huge, I'll come back when I'm 50 and I'll just be like, I just have the craziest rager. I bought myself a sports car. <laughs> <laughs> I rented out a club and we have a champagne fountain and just suddenly became a bowler out of my own existential dread. <laughs> that would be fun you know, just for a night. I mean, we don't have to go all over the car, but you know. It's fun yeah, I, you know what? I would, I would go to those... Like if I was in the mood and it wasn't to celebrate something I was, a part yeah, of. it would be like I, it's I would like, go any with a day guest. but my birthday. <laughs> like I could do this any other day except my yeah. birthday. My birthday, I'll just be quiet, just hide in like a corner, don't talk to yeah. me. For what it's worth, I think like I don't think what you're feeling, and when it comes to like, it's great that you're trying to scope out how people are feeling approaching or getting into their 30s or having experienced their 30s. But I think that the way you're thinking about it, where like it, it doesn't really seem to matter is like incredibly healthy and, and great, honestly, uh, because and I, I find this happening a lot more now as like the social climate has changed over the last few years where the expectation of who you should be by a specific age is kind of disappearing. Like, I, I hate the idea that you have to be established, you know, like even when you finish high school as early as that, or it's like, this is the degree you go to, and then you get that degree, and then you get that job, and then that's your life. Like, that's ridiculous. That's insane. So the idea that, like, that can't stop by the time you're 30, like, it can take a while to find something that you're truly passionate about or that you want to do, or in a place where you're comfortable, like, job-wise or career-wise. But at the same time, like, some people just don't necessarily want to do the one thing, and that's <laughs> fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah. that judgment of just saying like you have to start the family and have your career and do this by this age is just I think it's just archaic thinking, really. There was a couple of things I want to add is there was a time where I think I felt like not having wanting to accomplish certain things meant I was like, oh, maybe I just like not a goal oriented person. Maybe there was something like wrong with me mm. and like a like a like a like a level that I'm missing something. That, like, why don't I feel this way like that that sort of extends to mm. other parts of me like it doesn't have to be certain like an actual goal but it'd be like oh why do i not feel the need to do these things mm. another point you said was like you know i guess people see you know for men and they're in the, they're like peak in their 30s mm. which i think probably is true but it's very funny because for women that's not true it's completely the opposite yeah, yeah. The, the pressure is on and yeah and it's funny because I think because my mom had me pretty late and I've like, mm -hmm. like she had me in her like 34, 35, right? So it was like, she was, it was not common among her friend group. So that, that's why I think right. partly why she never gave me that pressure or like I, I never got any of that. So yeah. it was very interesting because I think that shaped how I was raised and how I felt about things a lot. But now it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess you're like 30. But I also have friends who have children late, like in their 30s. But I guess that's what the trend is because it's easier to have children later. Whereas now if you, if someone has a kid who's like 25, 26, they'll be considered like super young and uncommon. So it's very interesting how that has shifted. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and it like it depends in certain cultures, like from places I've visited, it it, it can be completely different. Like um, I have some cousins that live in Australia and the age that which like uh, young Australians started having families would to me was like was shocking. It was honestly shocking. I like I could not think being like 25 or 26 and starting a family, but for them, it's completely normal. And it's just, you know, it's a cultural difference. Um, but I think it kind of it depends on so many factors like yeah. obviously with women there is the biological clock and i can understand that where it's like even if you're not sure if you want to the fact that there is a time for which you can can add so much pressure as to whether like it despite whether you want kids or not you still want to have the option yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then with that there's also for instance like financial stability so depending on where you live like how much money you make and what the economy is like yeah you know can you are you able to afford having children and if you're going to be a parent you want to do that responsibly. you know what i mean yeah yeah so i maybe that's why just in the situation like outside of the women's perspective because obviously i don't have it for no, myself yeah yeah for myself is like i don't necessarily feel it obviously because there's no biological pressure but in terms of the career pressure and the amount of like money that you make in order to properly support kids that's mm. definitely i'm feeling more of and even the conversations like when you start dating people uh now like when you're starting to get into relationships you there is the expectation that the conversation about kids is going to happen very quickly because it's a matter of time and it's yeah. completely fair to that. That's definitely like a, I guess, a change of paradigm when it came to turning 30 that I'm still kind of adjusting to because I totally understand True, it. Yeah. But like every time I go on a date like that is a thought that comes into my yeah. head, right? Because yeah. uh, you have to consider it. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and finding someone that's on the same line as you as for like how prepared you are is super important. But um, yeah, I can't like, the, the the men peaking in their 30s and the biological clock is like one of the most like uh what's the word i'm thinking of like one of the, the you know it's you know like the idea that women get the shit end of the stick like the the polarity of which what we expect of ourselves at 30 between men and women at least when it comes to like biological sex to me is like that's just nature's cruelty it's unbelievable and I'm, I, I can imagine like why like, like you were talking about how you don't necessarily feel that like so with the biological clock, have you find that that's like affecting you yet? I know this is kind of a hard conversation to have if you're comfortable talking about it. Oh, but. yeah. I don't think I'll have kids. Yeah. I didn't. I never felt like I will. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like if it happens, I don't mind it. But it's like I never wake up one day and be like, I need to have this wedding and I need to have a kid and a, and a house. And I also don't want to have I don't want to be a mother that valley that I would do it on my own. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, I know some women really like, you know, they want kids, they would do it like they will have it on their own and they are willing to support and they're going, you know, you do all this stuff. I was like, I just that's yep. just not me. Like, I realistically speaking, like, I don't want to have a kid that i cannot support you know and it's like i don't yeah. i also don't want to do it alone and that even like, i don't want to do it alone but I, you also just can't find anyone to raise a kid with you know right yeah, yeah. so you have to be very picky about that but also it's like you know what like uh yeah so i, I you know i'm open to it but i don't think it's kind of realistically i don't think it will happen like i'm fine with it mm -hmm. um although it's a separate conversation when like will i regret it 10 years later i don't like you know 15 years 20 years later i don't know so, mm. but it's hard to say, but I think I made my choice and it's like, it's never really been for me. So yeah, and that's absolutely fair. But you know, you know, yeah, like if it yeah, happens, it happens. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and regardless of the choice, like there's, 
that's what I mean. It's like the judgment there, it, it, it shouldn't matter. It's, it's a matter of choice and where you are in your life. And, all, and, you know, even with that extra pressure, like, I think when people think there's something wrong with not having kids, like that's, that to me is, again, it's like a, a residue of archaic thinking. Like it's not, I wouldn't say it is our purpose in life to do that. And you can live a very full and happy life without them. Um, I don't know. I, I sometimes get the impression that people have kids for a sense of meaning in their lives mm-hmm. and i don't i'm not a parent so i don't know but there's definitely been some people where they have them and it looks like they're trying to like usher themselves into a sense of responsibility uh and that to me seems like putting yourself on a trap that might not end well or it could be like the you know the saving grace of your life if you're having problems where it's like you have a kid and now you have to shape up and stuff like that right so it, it's like the biggest change you can possibly go through. And like, I, I've had some friends that uh, in turn, since turning 30, I've had some kids and they were just like so prepared and ready for it. And they wanted to do it. And they're amazing parents. Yeah. And I love their kids to death. Like they like it's it, that's a neat experience, actually, is seeing your friends become parents and they're yeah. fantastic parents. And you see their kids and you're like, I already <laughs> see it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not for everyone. And, yeah, sure. you know, like, and I think you and I both also have some good friends that are, you know, in the same case where you can look at them and be like, it makes sense for you to have a kid, but it might not make sense for me to have a kid. You know, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's good for them. Be like, okay, it's good for them. But sometimes you just have to be like, not for me. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, what I said before is not in a place of judgment. It's just I can see from a human perspective why someone would do it when they're not ready. Because it's like, it's shape up or go home. Or... I think if you ask any parent, they'll be like, we're never really ready. And even if you thought they were, they were not. Like, I think there's yeah. so many, like, th- yeah, like you could only be as prepared. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. But they just have to really want the kid first. I think, I think that's yeah, the thing that uh, counts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But outside yeah. of parenthood, <laughs> what else is so, what, what, uh, <laughs> you know, age-old wisdom as being a 30-year-old cannot impart to you with my year of experience. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, what are you most looking forward to in your 30s? Like, are you scared? I don't think you seem like a scared person, but... No, no, I'm not scared. Um, the thing I'm looking most forward to, I would say, is kind of like the tightening up of the ship, if you know what I mean. Like... In the sense where it's like the people that are with you, like well into your 30s that have been around like through your 20s, they're likely going to be people that you're around for the rest of your life. Like even when they become parents, it's like a phone call and you call them and it yeah. seems like nothing's changed. Like that's what I mean is the group just gets tighter and there's less like uh, less acquaintances and more family and friends. And for some reason, that's really appeal- appealing to me to like ha- just have less like disingenuous bullshit around you all the time because you don't have time for that. Like, I've definitely found myself, like, even in my professional and personal life where, like, my patience for that shit is definitely, like, dwindling really quickly. Well, I think the pandemic also speeded up a little bit. Um, How do you figure? Because for me, I found it myself, like, I think we were all reaching out to people we haven't spoken to in years for some sense of, like, human connection. But um, if you're talking about, like, from being isolated for so long that we come out of it and then we're like, I'm not used to this anymore. <laughs> that, but also you're just, like, the people, you just... You just, you know, invest more time in, like, close relationships. I think, I mean, there's, like, but, like, people are more aware where they're, like, standing, I guess. Like. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, but or, you know yeah, what? But... That's, I, I get what you're saying, but I think, like, one of the positive things to happen out of all of this, which is, I know, kind of a tough thing to say, but I think the appreciation for the importance of people in your life has never really been higher. And so even, like, 
I think there is more of an understanding as to what everyone was going through in terms of like maybe us not acting like ourselves or not reaching out because so much happened so consistently that like you might have not kept in touch, but you know why, you know, it, it's not just going, why did this person just disappear off the face of the earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I feel like I'm reaching out in that sense. I definitely reached out to people I haven't reached out to in years throughout the pandemic. I, I mean, partly you know? like that's why this podcast exists. I think I don't know what I was talking about earlier, but sure. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just like, I just want to talk to people. I think that yeah. was it. But I also was surprised at the people that also have reached out to me that I haven't talked to in a long time. Like mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, someone just like messaged. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. And, and that's then a he great was just thing, like, you know? I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. Like, I would never imagine you would listen. But yeah, like, you it's know, such a wholesome you. and amazing idea for a podcast. Just like, I just want to talk to people and I want to talk. Yeah. To like, I just need an excuse to talk to people. We might yeah, not I even need to be like same. Elon Musk to tell me about his shit on another podcast or. Like, well, it's funny because like and then the people, you know, people actually want to be on. Like, I'm not like trying to make someone who doesn't want to be on to be on the podcast because that's not fun for anybody involved. Sure, but, you know, yeah. like this is this was like pleasant all around. Yeah, and then this um, is the moment where it's just like, and here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> here's a word from my sponsor. Yeah. People will run this studio. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, fatherhood, and uh, yeah, fatherhood seems like one of the biggest changes, you know, a person can go through in their life. But it, I would love to hear a perspective that doesn't feel like it was written on a Hallmark card, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It would, just, it would just be interesting to get that. Because I've heard some different answers from uh like new fathers that i know about it um like one that i heard was in the, that like definitely is what i felt like part of the reasons why i don't think i'm ready to have kids yet is uh that like your entire life now revolves like inherently around the safety and yeah. love and protection of this child which it, it should right mm-hmm. like the second that you yeah. become a father but you know um if you don't feel like you're ready to do that yet like to me that's a mark of like i don't think i'm at the place to do it yeah but yeah. um that that was refreshing to hear because it, it's just like because it wasn't just saying like oh they're my everything it's like no like one one hundred percent your life does not matter except for the support of this child and that's why you exist now you know <laughs> part of the reason that I don't think I'm ever going or want to be a parent is just like I already have so much of my shit that I can't handle like I can't imagine adding another like living being to the mm, list like there's always yeah. so many hours of the day and if you ask any parent they're like yeah that's just the way it is and they just go through with it. and you're like what like yeah it's a miracle that you know they're like they're all like superheroes and like just being a parent i wouldn't say they're all superheroes i would say they all try their best and that can be heroic as hell but also sometimes you have to be just like you know, it wasn't the best, but you did what you could. And that's enough. And I respect that. And I don't mean that. This is how, this is like, how like means. kids justify their, or at least that's how I sometimes think about my parents. I was like, oh, yeah, they did their best. Well, yeah, you like, actually, you know what? To, even though this wasn't a question, my perception of my of my parents has 100% shifted getting into my 30s. That that was actually really interesting. And it's funny that we got there. Yeah. Because with my mom is I always had like, my mom is like one of the superhero parents as far as I'm concerned. And my dad is a wonderful father as well. But we definitely had our shit, which is pretty typical of fathers and sons. It happens. And I'm not really going to get into it. And I love him to death. But it took a lot of time and experience to kind of understand why we are so different as people. Mm-hmm. And once I figured that out, it, it kind of forged the relationship to something stronger that it's, than it's ever been, which is really different and kind of unexpected. 
Um, do you think you yeah. do you think he also understood how you're different, or did you, is that mostly on your part? I mean, I can't speak for him, so I don't really right. know. I so like I know. like to think that. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my situation, it just it came from the advice of a friend of mine who uh, had sadly lost their father, and then they told me, mm-hmm. "Listen, if there's anything you ever wanted to say to your dad, just like do it." Mm-hmm. And I took that advice to heart. Um, and so I called my dad up and just had a very open conversation with him. And I think he was a little thrown off by it, which is understandable. And I doubt he'll listen to this, but maybe one of his friends will. And then this might be an awkward conversation, but I hope not. You, and, you, uh, you, you have, I don't know. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sure you have high hopes on who you're going to send this to, but, uh. No, uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> what? If you want to send I, this, not my hopes of who I'm going to send it to. Like, I'll share it, and I know people that will listen to it, but I don't know if any of them would share it to my dad. But now, at this point, now that I've said it, it will 100% happen. But um, yeah, I had the conversation with my dad, and it completely changed everything, in like for the better. Mm. There was just like a general sense of more empathy and understanding, and it really just came from an open, sort of vulnerable honesty. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, just with age, it just um, the understanding of what my father's circumstances were. Actually, my entire Italian side of the family's circumstances were when they came to the country as like immigrants on a boat and how different their lives changed and what they were mm. just kind of opened the mind up to being like, we're different. And yeah. that's OK. Um, and just kind of understanding why people act the way they do, even if I don't agree with it, you know? Yeah. And having a, a, a little bit more of a sense of empathy towards something I didn't necessarily understand as a kid, for sure. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think, I don't know if it's just because the pandemic, but I think, I, well, I spent more time with my parents the last two years, but I also think I probably is you know, getting older. But I do, like, I'm not as angry at them as I used to be. Maybe some stuff, like, got resolved without me, like, paying attention. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think right before the pandemic, I was, like, so angry at them but now it's just like okay like it's fine it was it is and like you know i try my best i know they're trying their best and then sometimes I'll just yeah that's the thing shit. Like, like you you do what you're able to do and it's not easy and then yeah they're not gonna change at this point like the best you can just do is like i will still try like i will not like i will try and put my boundaries there and let my mom know why i'm upset and that's kind of the least like yeah that's exactly it it's, it's being able to voice that you're upset but then also understanding why they might be upset and being able to actually communicate with them as to yeah. why, you know, uh, yeah. as to why like that hurts you or you don't like it or why they might be saying something that feels hurtful and like just trying to find that middle ground of what's actually happening as opposed to just kind of like being spiteful and resentful and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, it definitely took some time. And actually on my mom's side, uh, even though I said that she was like, uh, she's a superhero and she genuinely is, um, the, <laughs> There, more stuff came to light that I had no idea happened when I was a teenager that just made me like appreciate her more because she, it was like this, I cannot tell like my kid what's going on and I'm not going to get into it because that's her business. I mean, that's fine. uh, (laughs) But you know, it was just me just going like, are you fucking serious? You did that? Like, it was just like, and I, I already respected you to the degree I thought possible. Like I did like, it's like the highest degree possible. And then you throw this and I'm just kind of like. How did you do it? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you look at all these parents are like, how did you do it? Just even you're like, I, you know, we only have so many hours in the day and like, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, I, I would say that's a big change for sure. But it's interesting that you're feeling that too, considering you're turning 30. That's something that we both had like a collective experience. Well, also, my feel free was... to cut all this parent stuff if you want. Oh, it is I'll see personal. how it, I'll see what the rest of it feels like. 
Yeah, I'm just um, saying for, for like for I I totally understand this super personal stuff, and we're also just having a conversation. Oh but. no, I I I I'm kind of interested in where this is going. It's it's interesting mm-hmm. how it you know these things come up. Well, that's well that's what the beautiful thing about conversations are. Yeah, I guess. Do you have any advice for someone younger, so someone who's yet to turn thirty? When I say younger, I use that term very loosely. It could be someone who's currently 28 or someone who's currently 18, which I know sounds ridiculous because people are so young. But you're also a teacher, so. Yeah, um, I think it depends on, obviously it depends on who I'm talking to and where they're at in their life and if I have experience in it. Because, you know, trying to, if there's something I have have experience in that, like, let's say I'm teaching like a teenager and they they open up to their life about me and I like, I have some, something I can say that like might help. Then I'll definitely do it. But in terms of just generally generally giving like life advice out of nowhere for context okay, I know spe- nothing about. Specifically, like maybe like anyone who might be listening to his podcast that are about to turn 30. Uh, who are about to turn 30? Or younger. Maybe this question doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this I, is I, a bad question. It's not your fault. I don't think it's a... Uh, like, uh, I no, I get what you're also, saying. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I get what you're saying because yeah. it's it's... A general thing of like, what advice would you give to people that yeah, are younger yeah. than you? But you know, like, remember when you were like 15 and you met like a 25 year old, like by like a family friend or something, and then they would just start giving you this like wisdom that you didn't give a shit about because you weren't there in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's And true, it's not yeah. because it, the wisdom wasn't good. It yeah. was just that you weren't in the place to hear it. Do you have a moment where you will like think about that example and years later you're like, oh, what this person said actually made sense? Like, has that ever happened to you? Like, it would be something you, you if someone gave you an advice too early and you're like, whatever, that doesn't apply. And then years later you're like, holy shit, they're right. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, one of the biggest things for me was definitely the idea that like the number of true like companions that you have in your life, like truly close friends is in the smallest of numbers and it's a handful of people Mm. and that doesn't mean that everyone else is like some backstabbing sly whatever it's just there are people that you find that you kind of naturally sort of lean towards and that you reach out to more regularly and that you can speak more openly with and are there to support each other and that like that small group of friends does essentially become you know family with that but not by blood by choice which is hugely important to me um and i think Getting older, I definitely have seen that happen. And it's not because everyone else doesn't matter at all. It's just the tight group of people, you kind of recognize who they are. And then you start fighting like tooth and nail to like be there for them or in support when they call you or like if they call you. And especially during the pandemic too, like we had to look out for each other. And Mm -hmm. then the people that were looking out for each other was definitely like that smaller group. And that's, again, no judgment to everyone else or like an insult. It was more just those are the people that you realize are the the family by choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that was something I was told as a kid. And I was like, nah, I love everybody. And it's like, I like everybody, but I only love a a, a specific amount of people, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what was interesting to me when you said how, when you told me about how you spend your 30. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've been to your parties. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if it were normal time, well, I probably would have, like, kind of a big thing. Maybe separately, like, you know, like a smaller thing and then a bigger thing. I feel like a lot of people like to do that now. But I, yeah, I don't those, know. Those are fun. But, like, I, the, the, the moments that really resonate with me are, like, as a person are definitely the smaller ones. Like, mm. I'm sure I've gone to gigantic parties where I forgot stuff that happened that people remember to this day as like some crazy event. And I, my brain's just like, this isn't important. But like, you know, if you're out with family or friends and there's like a quiet moment of stillness for some odd reason, that kind of imprints on my brain and strikes me as like a truly content moment in mm. my life, you know? 
Um, and I guess just maybe that closeness was just something that was like already there when I was a kid because it was the same thing. You know, you're in university and you're or you're high school and you're like, I want to have a good time and I get to see everybody and everybody's the best. And then you get older and you're just like, no, these these are the people like I know them, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, but that was advice from my dad, actually. And again, you're like a shitty little teenager and you're like, nah. And then you get older and you're like, you're, you were absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you told him that? Uh, I, I think I have. Yeah. It would have been a couple of years ago, though. I would have been like 29 or something. Oh, so okay. I was approaching 30. It wasn't some like turning 30 and been like, ah, it changed. It's all very slow, subtle changes, right? The thing I'm not used to is now on like surveys. You know, when you ask you your age bracket. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're no longer 29. You're like 30 to 45. Actually, you know what's funny? I remember having a moment where I was just like, where I was signing up for something. And then like the amount of time that it takes to scroll from 2022 down to 1991. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like This is this is the measurement of my age. And this is just going to get worse. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every year. They go that, that was, on that's definitely something I noticed. So just going like it didn't used to take this long. <laughs> Yeah, well, just just make us type it in. Like, don't make it so complicated. Like, screw the drop down. Drop down is just bad design. Yeah, like, I should probably just type it, but maybe that's just like a, you know, like um, a masochistic move of just going. Uh... <laughs> that's the most important thing that changes in your thirties. The scrolling, scrolling down for your years yeah. it takes forever. You're no longer being. You're no longer considered. Type like it. A save yourself the pain. <laughs> marketable segment in certain uh, certain certain. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I guess like in terms of just. Well, like... I think it has changed a little bit because, you know, Gen Z is a whole different story, and like I think, but it used to be before you're thirty. But I guess as people start making less money, I I don't know. Like I'm just guessing. Like you know, your 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 mm. focus might shift to differently. I mean, I guess for, it depends for people who are in mar- right? marketing mark mark for marketing purposes. You know, like um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The anything that has to do with nostalgic stuff is 100 percent aimed at 30 to 40 year olds. That is the product of our time. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the end, the whole thing. Anything that's nostalgic is 100% targeted at us. But I also feel like we just got out of it and now we're already nostalgic for it. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So I... I like it's just ahead. like, oh, remember when you were 20 and how great that was? <laughs> Ugh. I can't believe like 18 was like 12 years ago. I think that's the thing I was like, oh, like... But also now you meet 18 year olds, you're like, I was what? Like, I was like that? Like, really? Like, no. Like, mm. So. Anyway. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> See, now that we're talking, other other little moments are popping into my head. And I did have this great thought of just like, I remember being a teenager and looking at parents being just like, oh, it was about like Pink Floyd and Grateful Dead and like ACDC and all those bands. And now we're going to these shows and we're like, it's fucking My Chemical Romance and Billy Talent. And I'm just like, oh, my God, is this our classic rock? Like, is that is. The, and what do we seem like to the Gen Z kids? You know? Yeah. Like, Watching is, like is the, Welcome to the Black Parade the like our equivalent of Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, no, that's I, I know. Mean, I, like, can, that's a comparison that will get years, me shot. Think, I'm fully aware. But yeah. I just mean in terms of like if you hear it at a bar and you, the <sighs> bar is like angled towards people our age who are like into rock music still. Like it's obviously not as widely palatable as Queen, 
But like it, Welcome to the Black Parade does have like a staple among our demographic. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah, if yeah. you weren't into emo music, everybody fucking knows that song. Yeah. Yeah. We're like Lincoln Park. Yeah. Lincoln Park, My Chemical Romance for sure. I don't know. Seeing like, did you see the clip of Avril Lavigne singing Complicated with Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> no. How was she, that? It was, they had a show, I guess, in Ottawa. Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo was in Ottawa and then Avril Lavigne was on tour. Mm. And then they just sang complicated together. And I'm just like, well, I feel old. Like <laughs> <laughs> I did was... see I did see Haley Williams and Billie Eilish sing Misery Business wow. in an acoustic setting. You know what I'm also not used to? Like having like famous people who are younger than us. That's the thing. Like, or even watching an actor and be like, oh, look up their age. They are like 27. And I'm like, oh no. It's so weird because I... you're used to looking up to people. You're not sure to like not looking down person, but you're not used to admire someone younger than you or like maybe an actor or like a musician but you're like oh like yeah you know what i felt that with Billie eilish for sure like like i was so she is her and her brother phineas are like incredibly talented and hardworking musicians i don't mean talented as in like narrowly gifted i mean like they work hard and they're very good at what they do and then i as soon as i saw that she was like a teenager and her brother was like maybe 20 years old at the time i think it was 26 when that first record came out Mm -hmm. I like I just remember just going like you guys are great but like fuck you. <laughs> I recently looked up so after the Oscars I guess they won the Bond song. Yeah, I that's, looked a, up that's on, a beautiful song. But I looked up on who won the Bond theme song the last few years. Mm. Adele did it. Yep. Sam Smith did it. No, Billy. They were all like under 25. Really? Like, something like that yeah they were all under like they're young they were in their 20s adele like that was so many years ago i thought she... adele and sam smith were like in their 30s when their career no, started. no no no, I, I, no I you need that to look this up right but now, i guess with adele their album her albums are her age right but that, like that fucked me up when i realized that. i was like oh <laughs> so whoever's the youngest person singing the bond theme they're gonna win the oscar that's just how it is oh like, <laughs> that's the secret they're just like the, yeah the, like, acad- <laughs> the academy just goes who's the youngest one they they got it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like bond because well, no, they like, wouldn't be deciding because it would just be like it's whoever the bond producers are like who is the youngest most talented star right now they're doing the bond yeah. song and then if they're young enough they get an oscar because sam smith's not sam smith's like our age yeah I mean, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I looked this up a couple months ago and then I forgot. I tweeted about it and then I forgot. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was, it was Billie Eilish and the last one was Sam Smith, right? And then before that was Adele. Adele. Skyfall. Yeah. And then there was, uh, oh, who Uh, was it? That's, I don't remember. Uh, Chris Cornell, I think was before that. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Is it what was Chris Cornell? I stopped counting. I don't care. (laughs) I I did not pay attention back then. Like a lot of the Bond songs, like like, the last four or five movies have been uh, pretty solid, like really, really, really solid. Um, But I could just start going into music and you specifically don't want to talk about that. So I'll save that for a different I didn't say I specifically don't want to talk about that. (laughs) No, you you didn't. You didn't. I (laughs) didn't. No, I just know if I start going on about music, I'm going to go on an hour-long tangent and end up somewhere talking about music theory, and that's a very niche thing. All right. Okay, yeah, it was a this. pleasure talking to you, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Thank you for We're sharing. in the same building, but in, if anything, I have you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cut sure. that. Cut that. When I started this project, or when this idea came into my head, I didn't really know what um what the results could be and i didn't really anticipate the topics we ended up discussing in this conversation and it really helped set up the conversation i had with the upcoming guest 
If you want to hear Milan talk more about music theory, he's now on TikTok making extremely niche content. You can also find links to his music in the show notes. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Eunice Bay, who is in her mid-30s. Here's a little teaser from our conversation. Am I your first woman guest, Jesse? No, I have interviewed. They're just not out yet. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've been off more than I can chew. Oh. You have also been finishing a, a master's. master's. It, so I like, mean, yeah, it's okay. yeah. In, my initial plan was like I will record every week, and then a new festival was like we'll come on every <laughs> It's fine. I'm just teasing you, really. Yep. So yeah, our next episode will feature the first official female guest on the podcast. There are two more episodes in the series that will be out very soon. So click that subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening. I know the episodes are coming in quite irregularly right now. Maybe set up that push notification so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Let me know if you have any comments, questions, and requests. If you're already listening to this, you probably already know how to reach me. And on the off chance that we don't know each other yet, you can find out everything about this podcast on the website at IamThinkingAboutYou.com, which I made a couple weeks ago. So I hope you have a good day, and I am thinking about you.